Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another edition of the Idaho State Journal Sports Podcast. I'm Andrew Houghton, sports reporter at the Journal. With me, as always, Madison Guernsey, our sports editor at the Journal. Madison, we've been off for a week or two with the podcast, but we're coming back with a very exciting one, in yeah. my opinion. I've, I'm very excited to bring this one to you guys. Madison, Before we get into it, I'd, I want to interrupt for a second and ask you a very important question that yeah. is uh, a hot topic on Sports Talk Radio and other media platforms okay. this afternoon. You don't have to give an explanation, just give your answer. Shakira or J-Lo? Shakira. I agree. Okay, good. Good. Moving on. Uh, this is the Monday after the Super Bowl, in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> uh, it was both, a topical question. Not only did we both come into work for you guys on Super Bowl Monday, we are giving you guys a podcast on Super Bowl Monday. So No days off. No days off. Except yesterday. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's right. Uh, and if, you know, if Taysom Hill had been playing in the Super Bowl, we probably wouldn't have taken we would not. yesterday off either. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so that's that on that. Madison, why don't you tell the people what we have planned today? Yeah, should be a fun episode. Like you said, um, we are just about at the midway point of the Big Sky Conference basketball season. Well, as far as conference play goes. Right, about, everybody's uh, played at least 10 games. Yep, every, every team has seen the, the other team uh, and so we are giving you our mid-season all-conference selections, um, which is not something I've done before, but Andrew proposed the idea a week or so ago, and um, I think it's a good idea. He, he and I have both seen every Big Sky team, either in person or via uh, internet stream, so we kind of have a good good barometer of all these all these players and kind of who has stood out so far. Right, and this is something that I really like doing sort of because of that reason. This is I, I did one of these last year with, with Skyline Sports when I was working for them, um, and this is just a really good jumping-off point to sort of talk about, you know, what the league looks like halfway through the year, you know, and because every team has played every other team at least once, you know, the excuses sort of start to fall away. You know, this mm-hmm. team has played an unbalanced schedule. Well, we don't know what this team looks like against the best teams in the league. You know, what is this player going to gonna be like when they have to play, you know, their three games in six days stretch or whatever, you know? But now everybody's been through that. Everybody's played each other. Everybody's matched up against each other. And talking about these teams is just a really good way to go into talking about, you know, sort of what the conference looks like, who's who's overachieved, who's underachieved, stuff like that. So I really like doing this podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, we can we can jump right into it. I, I guess this will sort of come out organically, but Madison, I mean, I just wanted to ask you off the top. I mean, what do you weigh when you – what's your philosophy when you're sort of picking this stuff? Because, I mean, the, you can balance, you know, stats and team success and the eye test and, and stuff like that. I mean, what's, what's sort of your formula? Yeah, I'm glad you asked me that. Um for me, when I'm, you know, making all-conference teams and stuff like that, I look at players who do a lot of things above average, right, or a lot of things really well. I don't just, you know, the, the leading scorer isn't automatically my MVP, is not even, isn't even automatically on the first team. Um, I, re- I really like players that just do a lot for their teams on both sides of the ball. Being on a, a good team helps. I don't think you can have an MVP on the ninth-place team, for instance, right? Um, so I think... Team success has to factor in because that, I mean, that's one measure of how good you are is, you know, how you carry your team. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel I, I have a lot of trouble. You know, I, I, I definitely look at teams' records and, you know, how good I personally think these teams are. And, you know, you can put up a lot of stats on a, on a not-so-great team, and there, there are some cases of that definitely on the women's side this year that I'll, I'll talk about. 
but I, I really like to, to look at that first and sort of, you know, say, because if you're not helping your team win, you know, what are you doing? And I, I like the point that you brought up also about, you know, doing a lot of things well. That's just um, sort of a, a little bit of a bias maybe even for me. You know, I, I like players who are on the, the rebounding list and the assist list and the scoring yeah. list, you know, who can do all of that. You know, players who can hit a three even if they're not shooters. You know, players yeah. who can decent rebounders even if you're you know a point guard you know just because it helps you know minimize your weaknesses and it makes it more difficult for you to game plan for in, in my opinion and, and stuff like that and those are just the kinds of players I like too um of course we'll you know we'll talk about a bunch of that stuff and you'll be able to see our our biases and sort of our preconceptions in our picks too but I'm, I'm glad you said that stuff yeah, yeah. um so I guess we'll we'll just start here with the, the player of the year I mean this is the big award, of course. I mean, it's a, a good jumping off point for talking about, you know, I mean, the players who might be on the first team. I mean, how many players did you consider for, for player of the year? Um, I had probably three in my head before I started looking at the numbers and, and everything. And then once I started looking at the numbers, one player was pretty clearly um, at, at the top of that list. Okay, so run, run it down for me. Who are your, yeah. who are your three guys? Um, my three guys going into it were Jonah Radabaugh of Northern... Colorado, Saeed Pridget of Montana, and Harold Frey of Montana State. Okay. Um, and I've, and I guess we should note that the media has no say in end-of-season awards. We vote Correct. on preseason stuff, but end-of-season stuff is all done by coaches. Right. Um, so this is just for yeah. fun. Yeah. So my, my mid-season MVP is Jonah Radabaugh from the UNC Bears, uh, which, I Andrew, I, I told you prior to recording that you were going to think that was funny. because I Because yeah. I've spoken very highly of Jonah Radabaugh on past podcasts and Throughout the season, I've always thought he was a really good player. Madison um, might be the biggest Jonah Radabaugh fan in the country that doesn't either live in Greeley right. or like have the last have the la- name Radabaugh. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, he's he's a he's a big stan. Yeah, um, and I, I think but I, it's defensible. You know, yeah, I, I laughed about it, but it's definitely defensible. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at his stats. He's seventh in points, seventh in rebounds, first in assists, first in assist to turnover ratio, tied for tenth in steals. So that fits right into my kind of zone of he does a lot of things pretty well um and then you look at his advanced metrics he's fourth in player efficiency rating uh second in offensive rating first in both offensive and defensive win shares and first in box plus minus which according to my research uh measures basically how many points better or worse a player is than the average player over 100 possessions um, and so his his box plus minus is 7.4, meaning he's approximately 7.4 points better than the average big set player, which is a lot. Gotcha. Yeah. Were there were there weaknesses for the other two guys that sort of came to the front in the comparison with them, or was it just you know that body of work that that put him on top? Yeah, no real weaknesses. I, I think I just think Jonah Radabaugh, for one, Northern Colorado's a half game out of first place in the big set standing, sure. so he plays for a good team. Um, he can score from a- anywhere on the floor. I mean, he's not a big time three point shooter. He doesn't rank in any of the, he doesn't rank highly in any of the three point shooting lists, but he can make threes. Um, he can drive, he can kind of pull up from mid range. He does a lot on their offense. He was the primary ball handler for that team in the one game I've watched against Idaho state. He shoots free throws. Well, um, he's fifth in field goal percentage. I mean, he, he, he doesn't really have a weakness. I mean, right. he's, he's the two time big sky defensive player of the year. Right. Too, right. And now he's the leading scorer for one of the best, teams in the big sky um so he's really you know kind of broadened his offensive game which i don't know if you 
remember our preseason all-conference podcast, but <laughs> I voted for Jonah Radaba on the preseason all-conference team, and I, I don't have proof, but I, I think I was probably one of very few, if not the only person to vote for him. And one of my logical, one of my pieces of logic was, well, he's been on a team with Jordan Davis and Andre Spite for yeah. three years. Those guys yeah. are two of the most, or two of the best scores in you know recent years in the Big Sky. Someone else has got to score points, and that year it's it's been him, or this year it has been him. Right, and he always had the other skills. He was always yes. a great defender, a pretty good ball handler, and you just yeah, I mean that was a good uh, rationale this preseason. And, yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys. I mean, people knew who Saeed Pritchett was before this year. People knew who Harold Frey was before yeah. this year. People knew who Jarek Harding was before this year. Radaball was never the guy on his team. So right. he was, I think, under the radar yeah. uh, in the preseason. So good job with that. I'm very happy that my preseason all-conference vote of him is being validated more and more every game, too. He's he's uh, he's 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 been a really good player and a really fun player to watch. I yeah. mean, anything that jumped out at you – from the game they played Idaho State, just from from watching them, was that uh, did they they, that they was, played them away? They played at in Greeley at last Thursday, I believe. So I watched that one online. So you didn't get to see him live, but no, over on the computer. Yeah, but just kind of all the things I mentioned. I mean, he, he he can do it all on offense. He's obviously really good on def, really good on defense. He he, I mean, he's seventh in rebounds and he's like six foot three. Like that, that's not yeah. supposed to happen. So he he just his his whole body work is uh, very impressive and. I'm glad everyone else is getting to see that finally. And great hair, right? Great hair, yeah. yeah. All MVP of the All Mullet team too. Yeah. There you go. Uh, moving on to the women's midseason Big Sky MVP, Andrew. I guess we'll start the same way with what you asked me: is how many players were kind of on your radar, and what what ended up setting your MVP apart? Uh, I think it was a little bit easier for me. I had I had two names sort of in my head going into it, and sort of. By looking at the stats, I mean, a, a couple more girls sort of put themselves into contention, sort of on the fringes of contention, maybe. Um, but really, um, it came down to Montana State's Fallon Frigi and Northern Arizona's Kiarika Rashid for me. Hmm. Um, those are two of the three best teams in the conference, and these are really, you know, sort of do-everything players for their teams. I mean, they're they're double-double threats. Uh, they're... You know, they, they don't turn the ball over. They score a lot. They're just really solid players. Um, I went with Kiarika Rashid from mm. Northern Arizona. Um, she's second in the conference in scoring 15.9 points per game. Tenth in the conference in rebounding, six and a half rebounds per game. So you're averaging 16 and six, 16 and seven. Yeah. Basically, um, you know, but her efficiency has just been stunning for me. I mean, she's shooting 51.4%. Hmm. She's shooting 74.2% from the free throw line, which is not great, not up there, but pretty good. Solid, very yeah, solid, I mean, yeah. It's just like we were talking about not having weaknesses. I mean, with Kiarika, she you can't foul her because she's going to the line. She can score on you in the post. She can score on you in the mid-range. Uh, she hit a three against Idaho State. She actually hasn't shot that many threes this hmm. year. She's 8 for 16 on threes. Okay, wow. So she can shoot it. She just hasn't this year. And Northern Arizona has sort of been a team from the bottom of the conference who has stepped up and sort of made a run and really established themselves as a contender this year. I mean, everybody knew that Montana State was going to be good. Yeah. And Montana State has a lot of experience and a lot of good players. Northern Arizona, nobody really knew. I mean, I thought they were going to be mediocre maybe. I didn't have Kiarika Rashid really on my radar. And she's come in and she's just been a, a really great player for them. Um, and... They're beating teams that people didn't think they would necessarily beat, and they're you know they're seven and three in the conference, so they're they're 
they're two games behind the Cats, but I think that, you know, they're sort of on the same level as a team. I think they're two of the three real contenders in the conference right now. Um, so that was, and it's not, not anything that, that Fallon Frigi did poorly. I mean, she was the preseason player of the year pick. I mean, she's averaging 13 and a half points and eight rebounds per game. She's an even better free throw shooter than, than Rashid. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the other thing, I mean, I think that, that my looks sort of set them apart. I think Rashid just does more for Northern Arizona. Mm. Um, they both have other really good players on their teams. I just think that Northern Arizona relies a little bit more on, on Rashid than, uh, you know, Montana State does on Fuji because Montana State has, you know, three other seniors in the starting lineup, Yeah, basically. For those that don't know, uh, what type of player is Rashid? I mean, is she a big? Does she do most of her work on the inside? How, how does how does she kind of play? Well, that's what I'm saying. She's versatile. She, yeah. you know, when they got the mismatches against Idaho State, they, they'll post her up. Hmm in a minute you know she's she's 5'11 or something so okay. she's not a, a gigantic post player but she's solid she's really athletic um you know but that's the the point with her is that she can take you off the dribble she can pull up and hit a mid-range jump shot she can spot up for a three if she needs to she's really good at driving and drawing fouls and she has a post-up game um yeah i mean what what seaton sobaleski basically was saying before they played northern arizona he's just a little bit worried about them they're a little bit difficult to game plan for because they can play five out without a true post because Rashid is able to post up players on offense and she's able to play, she's able to sort of guard centers on defense. Hmm. So that's just something, something weird and something that forced you to game plan for them differently. And so she, because of her versatility, I think sort of helps make that work. Interesting. So both of our midseason conference MVPs are both kind of do it all players for very good teams and players that are are versatile and sometimes maybe kind of play outside their role that you would expect them to play based on their size or skill set or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, that's just, I think they're just good basketball players. Yeah. You know, right. and that's the kind of player that I like to watch. For sure. So Smart basketball players, solid, steady, kind of just well-rounded. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that, that Northern Arizona game was one of the closest conference games that Idaho State has played thus far. Mm. And, you know, when they, when they needed to make plays down the stretch, you know, I think J.C. Bailey had a good game for Northern Arizona in that game. Uh, their point guard, Caitlin Malvar, is really good. Nina Radford is really good for them. We'll talk about some of these players later. Yeah. But Kiarika Rashid was, was the girl making plays for them down the stretch and sort of holding off Idaho State in that game. All right. Uh, should we get move on to our – we each picked a first and a second team midseason conference. Should we move on to our first team picks? Yeah, we'll we'll move on to our, our first team picks here. I'm, I'm going to assume that you have Frey and, and Pridget on your first team. I do, yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, those are the other two guys that I had kind of thought about as the midseason MVP. I'll start with Harold Frey, who I am going to take credit for giving him the nickname of the Norwegian Nightmare. I don't okay. know if I am the first person to you say that. Probably but... not. <laughs> but That's I, okay, I have never heard anyone else say it, so I'm going to take credit for it. But he, I mean, similar to Jonah Radabaugh, just a really good all all around player. Um, fourth in scoring, fourth in assists, fifth in threes, fifth in steals, second in free throw percentage um he's just as you know just as good as if not better if you look at some of the advanced metrics but he i mean everything montana state does right. offensively runs through him um just a quick example of kind of how valuable he is it was the end of the game montana state idaho state when montana state won here um and montana state it was close and then montana state kind of ran away with it at the end but there was a play when isu kind of either needed a stop or needed a foul harold frey dribbled around in and out of the key around screens 
didn't pass the ball for the entire shot clock and just kind of ran around and held the ball and then made a three. <laughs> it's like, wow, like when Idaho State needs, desperately needs the ball, he just would not give it to him. And, uh, so he's he's just a very smart, very impressive player. Yeah, the Harold Frey thing for me is, is interesting because Montana State's sort of been mediocre this year. Yeah, I mean, for the, sure. The, the game that I remember with him is the one that just happened against Montana when he scored 37 points and they lost by 15 or And whatever, I think you know? the, as a team they had like maybe 60 points, and so he scored well over half Well of over half of their points, yeah. yeah. Um, he's, and that's interesting. I mean, is he doing more for his team than Jonah Radaboy is? I mean, Jonah Radaboy is fitting in with a lot of other really talented, skilled players and in a good program, and Harold Frey's sort of struggling to drag this Montana State team to, to 500 in the conference, or... It's, it's an interesting philosophical thing, and we can debate that. I would personally rather go with the player on the best team, you know, yeah. rather than the player who's putting up gigantic numbers and doing everything for a mediocre team. But um, you could argue that, that Frey is actually doing more. For sure, and that's and that's interesting. And kind of a spoiler alert here, but I, I did not have any other Northern Colorado players on my all-conference team. So both, I mean, both of them obviously doing a lot for their teams. So, sure. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, Saeed Pridget, I also saw him play here against Idaho State. Another, you know, I think he's, what, 6'4", 6'5", but he doesn't really play like a guard. 6'5", yeah. He kind of is a, a small post, but he does it really well. Third in scoring, fifth in rebounds, seventh in assists, kind of the heart and soul of that Montana, Montana team that has been, you know, right at or near the top of the the conference standings all season, so that was uh, a pretty easy pick. Walking bucket, one of my favorite players of all time in the Big Sky. I mean, yeah. he's I I covered him last year at, at Montana, and he's just like you said, he's he's not a big guy, but he's just incredibly athletic and such a smart finisher around the basket. It's just crazy how he will be surrounded by three people and get an open layup or get a yeah. layup to go. You know, he's just. A lot of fun to watch, and um, he's he's got weaknesses in his game. I mean, I think he's probably shooting a little bit more this year than he did last year, but not not a great outside shooter, not a great defender. At least he wasn't last year, but just a ton of fun to watch and sort of a unique weapon in the conference. Yeah, and when that was another game that ISU and Montana went right down to the wire, and when it was and Saeed Pridget had a pretty quiet game. I think he had like three fouls in the first half and four fouls early in the second half and was kind of quiet. But when it was time for Montana to seal the deal and win, he was the guy that got the ball. So, Yeah, all right. So that's that's two spots on your first team. You got yep. three others. Were there any other players who were kind of locks for the first team? Uh, not really. Okay. I mean, really, those those are my, my big three. I think they're kind of far and away the best players in the league this year. But I also had Portland State's Holland Woods on there. Um Really talented guard for Portland State, fifth in scoring, second in assists, fourth in steals. Um, another guy that just, yeah, does a lot of things well and kind of that offense runs through him. The only thing that I sort of hesitated at with him is that he leads the league in turnovers, meaning he has the most turnovers, but he's second in assists and he actually has the fifth best assist to turnover right. ratio. So that kind of makes up for it. Um, and then another guy, Jarek Harding. Weber State. Um, okay, I was going to ask, did you pick Woods over Harding? But you just you went with both of them. I went with both. Yeah, I mean, Jarek Harding leads the league in scoring. He's he doesn't do a whole lot outside of score the ball, but he does it at such a high rate and so well that you kind of have to throw him on there, right? I mean, he he's going to end up being the leading scorer in Weber State history. He's he I think he's at twenty two points I mean, per he game. He just passed Damian Lillard, so yeah, he's at I think right around twenty two points per game. Um, so I I'm not a huge fan of his game, and that I think he. He doesn't do as much for his team on an all-around level than some of these other guys, but he's so good offensively that you have to put and, him on and there. And Weber State has not been good this year. They have not. No, they're they're ninth place right now. 
But uh, and then um, last guy on my first team is Eastern Washington's Mason Peatling, which I think you also find funny because I've you're a Peatling fan, and I'm defending Mason really Peatling. Yeah, fan. Uh, uh, but Mason Peatling, I mean, Eastern Washington leads the conference. He's eighth in the conference in scoring, second in rebounds, second in blocks. Um, does a, I mean, he's one of the best post, one of the best, if not the best post players in the conference. Yeah, um, he's a good yeah. player. Yeah, just, he is describe really Mason Peeling's game to to the, to the listeners. I mean, he's pretty much just a a post up and score guy on the block. I mean, he he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's, crafty and yeah, he's really physical. I mean, he's like is, a six foot eight. Australian guy, but he he uses he uses his size really well, and he's athletic. I mean, he like I said, he's he, he's second in blocks. Um, yeah. He he also had that you know what I think fifty four point game four, earlier yeah. in the season, and he, and he, that game a little bit of an outlier. He's only eighth in points. It's not like he's scoring fifty four all the time, but no, he's I mean he's fifth in offensive ratings, second in player efficiency rating. He shoots the ball really well because he shoots a lot of layups, but I right. he's probably the most valuable player on the best team in the in the league at this point. Would were there any close calls for you on the first team when it came down to that last spot? And I mean this will yeah. probably, this will spoil some of your second team, but I think it, it's fun to talk about this stuff. For sure. Um for the last spot of my first team, it was either gonna be Mason Peatling or one of his teammates who I'll okay. get into later. Um there was also a guy from Southern Utah, arguably Southern Utah's best player who was a uh, borderline first second team guy. So I, we can name them now if you're, yeah. Well, I'll let you do your first team, then I'll get into my second team. Okay. Yeah, uh, Yeah. go ahead. Sure. Um, so I, I've talked about Fallon Frigi, and she was a lock for my first team. I mean, just her ability to come in, and she came in with a lot of hype. She sat out for a year after transferring from North Dakota to Montana State. Um, she's been a previous Big Sky All-Conference player at North Dakota. Yeah. Um, and sort of the hype is building over this year that she was sitting out, and especially with sort of, the players who graduated from last year was sort of expected that she would come in and be one of the stars of the league, and I, I really don't think she's disappointed. I mean, like I said, 13.5 points per game, 8 rebounds per game. She's shooting 82% from the free throw line, and, you know, Montana State has been far and away the best team mm. in the league. I mean, we look at it, they're 9-1 and one and Idaho's 7-2, and two, so they're a game and a half up over Idaho, two games up over NAU. That doesn't really tell the story of their dominance. I mean, they are outscoring teams by 16 points a game in conference. Mm, that's a lot. <laughs> in, 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 in 10 conference games, they're winning games by an average of 16 points. Uh, wow. You know, the the next best scoring margin in, in conference, I believe, actually, this is sort of a, a surprise here. Madison, do you want to guess? Idaho State? Yeah, Idaho wow. State, despite being just 6-5 and five in conference, has the second best scoring margin on mm. the women's side in conference. So that, wow. that's, that'll come up later. Okay. Um, but Montana, you know, when you compare that to Montana State, it's just been... Dominance and and Frigi's been their best player, even though she hasn't been as dominant as as some people would have thought. So she was a lock. Um, the other, yeah, I think I had two other locks on on the first okay. team. The girl who really put herself in player of the year consideration when I started looking at the numbers uh, was Idaho's Gina Markson. Hmm. And the Idaho game was the one of, one of ISU's games that I really didn't get to watch all that much of. It was over Christmas break, so I was home and I caught some of it, and I caught the highlights and stuff, and I think that was a 62-56 win for Idaho. But I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really watch enough to tell her, like, which, who's Idaho's best player, you know, what do they do really well. Gina Markson's stats are just off the charts. She was a uh, Big Sky freshman of the year a year ago for Idaho, playing playing with Michaela Ferens and Taylor Pierce, and she still yeah. put up stats last year. 
Um, this year, she's eighth in the conference in scoring, 13.6 points per game. Seventh in the conference in assists per game, 3.9. But she's tied for second in assist to turnover ratio. So she's, mm. she's one of the best point guards in the league. And she's the best shooter in the league, possibly. She makes the most three-pointers per game at 3.2 per game. And mm. she's shooting 34.8% from three. Okay. So that's, I mean, you can argue over, well, somebody with a higher percentage but less attempts maybe a better shooter. But she's got the best combination of attempts and percentage from three-pointer. She is arguably, you know, the best ball-handling point guard in the league. She scores a lot. She shoots it really well. The thing that really seals her case for me, uh, leading the conference in minutes per game. Okay. Which is sort of a stat that, like, okay, well, you, you play a lot of minutes. Are you a great player? I mean, I just... You know, that's not points or rebounds or anything, but it just says that, you know, you are indispensable to your you team. Have to pl- you have to she's, be on the floor, yeah, She's sure. indispensable. She's playing 37.3 minutes per game. Almost the entire game. Right. Wow, that's impressive. Minutes. Yeah. Uh, so she is indispensable to the second best team in the conference right now. Fair enough. Um, and she really was up there with, with Frigi and Rashid for, for player of the year consideration for me. Okay. Uh, the other lock... Um, just sort of on an overwhelming statistical case was Rebecca Cardenas from Southern Utah. Uh, leading the conference in points per game at 17 points per game. I mentioned that Rashid was second at 15.9, so she's one of the point per game ahead of her. Third in assists per game, 4.9 assists per game. Second in steals per game, 2.4 steals per game. Good assist to turnover ratio. She's also in the top 10 in minutes played. Southern Utah's sort of fallen off after a good start to conference here. Idaho State... Whacked them pretty good at at Reed Gym the other day, um, on Saturday. Yeah, um, and they kind of held her in check, didn't they, in that game? Yeah, yeah. correct. They held Cardenas to well. This is the interesting thing. They held Cardenas to one of ten shooting, still scored thirteen points because right. she she drew a million fouls. She was ten yeah. to ten from the free throw line, hmm. made one three as her field goal, you know, and had three or four assists, I think. So one of those players, a really just... bad game, but still put up stats. And, yeah. you know, that didn't reflect well on her that Southern Utah lost by that much. But um, I just think that, that she's been really good for them. And, and she's a fun player. I mean, she's tiny. She's like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five, wow. uh, but a great defender on ball, even though you can mismatch against her, and a, a good shooter and a really good passer. Okay. that That's your top... Three are were those kind of your your top three like automatic locks or yeah, how did you kind of make your team? Yeah, I didn't have yeah. a lot of I didn't have a lot of discussion about those girls. Sure. I mean, I knew that Freezy and, and Markson were going to be on it after considering my player of the year, and Cardenas really didn't take a lot of debate for me. I like her a lot as a player. Her stats are great. Southern Utah again, like I said, they're they're four and six, so they're sort of hanging on to the to the middle class right now. Um, not a ton of debate for me with her. All right, who else you got on there? Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I guess the, the fourth player I had on there is Tatiana Strun from, from Portland State. Okay. Portland State's fourth in the conference, so I thought, you know, I'd, I'd throw somebody from there on there. Uh, Strun's fifth in points per game, 13.9 points per game. Fifth in rebounds per game, 7.6 rebounds per game. So top five in, in both points and rebounds. And the thing with her is she's just basically ungame planable because she gets the free throw line so much. Mm. You know, she shoots by far the most free throws in the conference. I think she's shot 117 or 118 free throws this year. I think there might only be one other player in the conference who's up there over 100. Mm. Um, and she shoots, uh, let me see, 80.3% from the line. So as far as automatic points go in the conference, throwing the ball down to Tatiana Struan is basically an automatic two points for, for Portland State just because she gets fouled so much. 
you know, it's either it's either a bucket or a foul, and she's making eighty percent of her free throws, and she's yeah. rebounding the ball really well. Portland State's a really interesting team because they have a lot of players. Yeah, you know who could be yelling here, and uh, I'll discuss some of them later. Struan has the best stats. I didn't think she was, you know, when Portland State came to Idaho State, um, she was kind of not as influential as some of the other players on, on Portland State. I mean, I think that, that Kylie Jimenez, the point guard, really jumps out to you for Portland State because she she's really short and she's handling the ball all the time. Jordan Stotler jumps out to you for Portland State because she's gigantic. Yeah, yeah. Um, Desiree Hansen jumps out at you for Portland State just because she's such a smooth scorer. Yeah. But Tatiana Struna is, is probably their most important player. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I so like that analysis. That was four. Uh, the fifth for me is is really tough. The overwhelming statistical case is Sac State's Kennedy Nicholas. She's third mm. in the conference in points per game, leading the conference in rebounds per game. She's shooting nearly 50% from the field. She's third in the conference in blocks and ninth in the conference in steals. Wow. Okay. That is doing a lot of things well. Here's my thing with Kennedy Nicholas. Sac State... Like Southern Utah is four and six, they're not good. You know they're they're much worse than Southern Utah overall record. I think that they're probably one of the three worst teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, Kennedy, I'm not a big aesthetic fan of Kennedy Nicholas's game, which is kind of awkward and physical inside. I mean she's she's very good at it, and I try to leave my biases behind. Just the other thing with Sac State that you cannot avoid is Sac State plays at such a fast pace. Hmm. And that influences her stats. For sure. No doubt. Yeah. Right? You know, she's she's first in the conference in rebounding at nine and a half rebounds per game. If you just look at traditional stats, you're like, oh, Fallon Freeze's next at eight rebounds per game. Like, that's a gigantic gap. Yeah. But then you go and look at, you know, you look at the advanced stats and you look at rebounding rate, which I, I pulled up on herhoopstats.com, and Kennedy Nicholas is right up there. I think she's, but I think she's second in the conference and she's right in there with the top group of five. So she's not actually, like, far and away the best rebounder in the conference. You know, it's just Sac State has so many possessions. That's more opportunities right. for more her to score. Right, more opportunities to rebound, yeah. More opportunities for her to rebound, more opportunities for her to get blocks and steals. For sure, yeah. Um, so her stats just, you know, those across-the-board stats, I mean, top 10 in blocks and steals. Right. Top that's... three in points and rebounds. That's like, very that's, impressive, that's for crazy. sure. Yeah. Uh, I think in the end, she's on the second team for me. So I was considering her with... Wow, that was the longest tease in the hit in Sorry, podcast history. Dude, I said it was a debate. Wow, okay. I was, so... cons- I was considering her... <laughs> Sorry. I was considering her with uh, Montana point guard Mackenzie Johnston and Idaho State forward Callie Bourne. Okay, so... And, yeah, in the just answer, so, we're, so just so we're clear, who did make your Callie first Bourne. team? Callie Bourne. And that's Callie a little, Bourne, bit, okay. little bit of a homer pick here. But like I said, Idaho State has the second best scoring margin in conference play. Which is impressive considering what they're six and six, right? Six and five. Six and in five. Conference. Yeah. So they're right in there. And I mean, you look at, you know, it comes down to her and Mackenzie Johnson. They just beat the Grizz in Missoula. Yeah. Uh, Mackenzie Johnston, and, you know, both of them do so much for their teams. Mackenzie Johnston runs the offense for Montana. Um, you know, she's a great rebounder for a guard. Um, I think she's one of the best pure point guards in the conference. But Kelly Bourne's is the same thing. I mean, she's. Idaho State's leading scorer, of course. She's averaging 12.7 points per game, which is 14th in the conference. She's 6th in the conference in rebounding, 7.2 rebounds per game, and she's like 5'10". Right. She's far and away Idaho State's best rebounder because Ellie Smith is a good shot blocker, but Ellie Smith is not a good rebounder. Okay. She might be the worst rebounding center in the conference, so I don't know if Idaho State survives on the boards without Kelly Bourne in there. And You know, you've seen her. I mean, she battles. She's, she's tough. She's a really yeah. tough player. 
And, you know, especially she, you know, she can handle the ball for Idaho State. She's probably the third best outside shooter on the team behind Dora Golish and Montana Altrogi, which is important. I mean, in these lineups, if you don't have a decent shooter behind those two and, and behind Dora in the starting lineup, you know, things kind of go crazy because you, you just don't have enough shooting. And Kelly Bourne's been able to provide just enough shooting, just enough rebounding, just enough scoring, just enough defense um, to where I give her the nod. And this Idaho State team has been sort of a pleasant surprise. I mean, they're tied with Portland State and the Grizz at 6-5. and five. They beat the Lady Grizz, lost to Portland State. I think they're right up there with those three teams, sort of in the second tier. And, I, you know, I give it so I give it to the, the hometown girl. And I like Fair the Bourne's game a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, now that Andrew's already revealed half of his second team. Yeah, well, I, I don't get the way to just, like, teasing them without saying their names. That's all right. Let's run down the second team. Okay, yeah, so my second team, I already alluded to a couple of these guys, but I had uh, from Eastern Washington, Kim Aiken, which might not have been the Eastern Washington name you were expecting yeah. to hear. Um, but Kim Aiken, sort of similar to Saeed Bridget, like, not a huge guy, but he leads the conference in rebounds, also shoots a three really well. He's tied for second in steals, 10th in points, 6th in blocks. I mean, he he's just kind of a solid all-around guy, and Eastern Washington leads the conference. Um, Cameron Oluyatan from Southern Utah. SCU's been one of the best teams in the conference all season. He's arguably their best player, so he gets a nod. Uh, Sacramento State, big man Joshua Patton. He's a defensive player of the year candidate. Leads the league in blocks and field goal percentage. Um, these last these last two were tough. I think it, it the individual players kind of level kind of tapered down after after those guys but I had Idaho's Trayvon Allen in, in there which might be a surprise considering Idaho has a won one conference game and is in last place but he's second in, in the league in scoring um plays a lot of minutes shoots it well from the field and the free throw line and gets some steals yeah uh, he's the sort of the ultimate Harold Frey case I mean I cannot yeah. imagine how bad Idaho would be right if he's Trayvon Allen yeah wasn't on that team and he gets so much of his points just from making ridiculous shots because For sure. yeah. Idaho doesn't have anybody else who's a threat, you know? Yeah. And then my last guy, another Eastern Washington guy, uh, Jacob Davison, who actually, if I can look, find my numbers here, uh, Jacob Davison is there, is Eastern Washington's leading scorer. He's also tied for second in steals. He's kind of another guy that based on stats and based on metrics is m- most of his value comes out on the offensive end. Wasn't good enough all around for me to, put him any higher than that but uh yeah that that rounds out my second team that's a really good team I think that you know sort of the the talent is more concentrated on the men's side this year I mean Kim Aiken's a really good player he is yeah he's you know second easily second team you know not even in consideration for the first team well and you thought about him I did it was either him or Mason Peatling and I guess that'll be for the coaches to decide that was kind of my hard my uh the Hardest choice I had to make, but... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Aiken and Lutin and Trayvon Allen are just really, really good players. You're right. I'm sure they're... Who were, who were sort of the the last last few players off the list for you? Uh, Cody John from Weber State. Really good scorer. Really good guard. Veteran. Four-year starter, I want to say. But but as we talked about, Weber State struggling. Him and it's... I mean, it's the John and Harding show over there. Right. But he's he's doing a lot for that team. Uh, Bodie Hume has been kind of a really solid compliment to Jonah Radabaugh at UNC, um, but didn't... I mean, those guys will surely be, at the very least, either third team or honorable mention. So, right. Yeah. All right. I'll run through my second team real quick here. I had Kennedy Nicholas on there easily, Mackenzie Johnston on there easily. Uh, I did have 
Kylie Jimenez from Portland State on there. Just another really good point guard, really good at running the offense. Um, you know, fifth in the conference in assists per game, third in steals, second in assist to turnover ratio, second in minutes per game. Mm-hmm. She does so much for them. She never comes off the court for them. She's a good shooter, too, and just, you know, tiny, but a really yeah. pesky defender. Good passer, good at running their offense. One of my favorite players in the league. Yeah. So I, my preseason pick for MVP, actually. Okay. Um, so I had her on there. Um, I had um, – it was a tough pick for the second Northern Arizona player on there. Um, it came – I mean, their point guard, Caitlin Malvar, is first in assist per game and assist to turnover ratio. Hmm. Uh, Nina Radford is sort of another do-everything player in the mold of Kiara Rashid. She's ninth in points per game, 12th in assist per game. Really athletic, decent rebounder. Uh, J.C. Bailey, I think, is seventh in the conference in scoring for them. They've got a bunch of good players. I went with with Nina Radford over the other two, but it's splitting hairs sort of for that spot. And I, um, and then how many is that? Four. I think that's four. I think you're right. Yeah. Nicholas Johnston, Jimenez, and uh, Nina Radford. Uh, fifth spot. Um, Went to my freshman of the year so far, mm. Montana State's Darian White, who uh, is an Idaho kid. Yeah, went to Mountain View High School in Meridian, yeah. Really jumped off the screen when uh, Idaho State played it in Bozeman. I mean, just incredibly athletic, great handles, uh, really confident for a freshman. Made it, Had a couple great takes down the stretch of that game when Montana State was sort of trying to hold off Idaho State. Um, and, I mean, her, her stats are... You know, they're not as great. I mean, she's 19th in points per game, 11.5 points per game. She's averaging three assists per game because she shares the ball with Oleana Squires from yeah. Montana State, who I also considered. Um, but Oleana Squires has, has missed a couple games for them, and Squires is a senior and White's the freshman. Uh, but Darian White is third in the conference in free throw percentage, 83.8 from the line. First in the conference in steals. Hmm. And that's just, I mean, if you're an athletic freshman and you're looking to throw your weight around out there, just play defense and disrupt yeah. the game that way. Um, she And she was really impressive in the eye test, and Montana State's been the best team in the league. And again, Montana State has a bunch of players who could be considered. I mean, Oleana yeah. Squires was the main one, but they've got a lot of players. Anyone anyone just just miss your 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 cut of your top 11? Yeah, I mean, there, there are a bunch of other players. I mean, the, the NAU girls who I mentioned, the other Portland State girls who I mentioned, um, you know, Desiree Hansen for Portland State. Dora Golesh is really close for Idaho State, yeah. I think, when you look at just her body of work. I mean, she's fourth in the conference in steals. She's second in the conference in three-point percentage, ninth in the conference in assists. She does a lot of things for Idaho State. And, you know, if I talk about Callie Bourne's outside shooting being important for Idaho State, Dora Golish's outside shooting is really, really important for them. Yeah. Just so that they're able to space the floor. Um, she's adjusted really well, I think, to playing off ball this year for the first time in her career um, with Diablo Canate sort of handling the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Dora, Dora's having a really good year. Uh, Kamaria King for Sac State. Again, Sac State's numbers are skewed, but Kamaria King is – fourth in the conference in points per game, eighth in the conference in assists per game. So like Kennedy Nicholas, she sort of has an overwhelming statistical case if you're just looking at that. Um, I mentioned Oleana Squires, Harley Hansen, sixth in the conference in points per game for Southern Utah. Um, Alexis Chapman, maybe for Northern Colorado, although, again, she was hurt by shooting over 10 at Idaho State when I got to mm. watch her in person. But I think she's a really good player. So, um, so you had uh, Callie Bourne from Idaho State on your first team and. 
Dora Golish just outside your the second team. your second team. So yeah. two Idaho State players. I didn't. I mean, I didn't really even think about any Idaho State players for my sure. I was gonna ask for my first or second team, and that's. Uh, I mean, for a few reasons. I mean, one, ISU's struggling. They're they've lost six in a row. They're three and eight in conference play, but they also don't have like a guy. You know right. what I mean? Like their their best player is kind of different every game. You know, one game it'll be Share Maker. One game it'll be Tarek Cool. Lately, it's been. Malik Porter, um, and that I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's good to have a number of guys that can step up and be your best player uh, on any night, but they just haven't had really any, you know, anyone stand out. Yeah, I mean, this com- conference yeah. accolades out of the picture. If I put you on the spot, who's Idaho State's midseason MVP? Oof, that is really really hard. Um, wow, man. Um, I. He's gonna be like, it's Ryan Looney. <laughs> that's 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 so hard to answer because Tarek Cool's their leading scorer and leading assister, but he hasn't played well as of late. Uh, Sharemakers had a lot of really good games, but he's also just been pretty inconsistent. Jared Stutzman, same thing, can ha- can score twenty five or can be shut down for five points and kind of be invisible. Um, Chidi Udengu has been really good as a starter and. And off the bench, you see, we, yeah, where you, I'm going with this. Like you mentioned, a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah, Malik Porter's had a couple really good games lately. He's really he's really good uh, defensively, and his offense is coming along. I mean, it's it's really all right, all right. it's I, really really hard. I won't I, make yeah. you choose. Um, I, I think if if I were to ask Ryan Looney, I I don't know. What, I think he would say the same thing. Like I don't know. I don't think I just ha, I don't say has a best player currently. Sure. Yeah, which um, is I, such a cop out answer and terrible. It is. Yeah. yeah, it really is. But that's. It's impossible to answer because there are any any name I would have said you could poke so many holes in in their game right. and in my yeah. argument. So it's just there's there's not a right answer. All right, we're we're coming up on forty five minutes here. Uh, <laughs> let's any let's run down any individual awards that you have a really strong candidate for it. I, that's I don't coach of the year, defensive oh, okay. player of the year, well uh, yeah. freshman of the year for the Big Sky, uh, reserve of the year. I don't. I no, I, I don't have any strong opinions as far as that goes. I think I mentioned to you earlier that kind of a, a fairly weak freshman class on the men's side. Um, Ellis Magnuson from Eastern Washington, who uh, starred at Bora High in Boise, he's been pretty impressive. He he might he's certainly freshman of the year candidate, um, defensive player of the year. I mean, I mentioned Joshua Patton. I think Mason Peatling will be in there. Jonah Radabaugh, of course, yeah. but not really anyone I'm super confident on for that one, but. Uh, coach of the year, I wrote down a, a few names, and coach of the year is such a weird award for me, and very hard to right because because you could argue that the 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 best teams coach should or the team that wins the conference championship that that coach should win the coach of the year, or you can say oh well, I'm gonna vote for this guy because he he in my mind did the most with the less, but that's so subjective. So subjective, right? Yeah, like yeah. I, I explained this to you, I, we were talking about this earlier, and I mean with these players. We can see what they do on the court. Right. With these coaches, we we can't really see. I mean, we can see some of the the adjustments that they make and stuff like that, but we don't we don't see what they do in the locker room, any stuff like that. And we you know they're just much less visible and it's yeah. much more difficult to make judgments. So yeah. Yeah. So the, the guys I wrote down though are Southern Utah's Todd Simon. They've uh, I guess first I, I just start with it. There are three teams that I've seen that when I watch them I think wow this team like could win the conference championship. Okay. So the Utah is one of those teams. Uh, I think Todd Simon's done a really good job. They have s- so much balance. I mean, 
Cameron Oluwitan is probably their best player, but like not by much, right? Like they're very similar to Idaho State, and that they are just kind of a they have a lot of guys that can step up, um, and you know have a, a, a different MVP in each game. Um, Travis DeCure at Montana, I mean they are the two-time defending champs. They lost I think four starters from last season, and they're still uh, among the elite in the conference. You got to give him some credit there. Um, Jeff Linder from UNC. I mean, they, like I said, a half game out of first place, really solid all around team offensively and defensively, and really only have in my mind one, you know, superstar standout. He's done a good job there. And then you got to go Shantae Leggins at Eastern Washington. They are in first place. He, they have a, a lot of talent similarly to Southern Utah and some of these other teams, but it, they're in first place. So right. you can't argue with that. Is that he, your choice at the end? No, those are just kind of the. Oh, those are your, those are my those are, those are my top four candidates. Okay. Obviously, if Northern Arizona they've won six in a row, if they continue to shock the world and do good things, their interim coach Shane Berker is yeah a candidate. Good story, yeah. Um, but those yeah those those are my top four right now. Okay, yeah. Um, for me, I mean, like I said, uh, Darian White's the freshman of the year for mm-hmm. me. Uh, second for me in in that race, who's a, a player I should have mentioned earlier is Idaho's Beyonce B. Beyonce B. Uh, I, I think that's how to pronounce it. B-E-A is her last wow, name. Wow, what a that, 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 very cool name. Uh, 15th in points per game, 12th in rebounds per game in the conference. R- really good freshman season for them. Um, defensive player of the year right now, if I had one, I think I would give it to Jordan Stotler, whose blocks mm. numbers are just off the charts for Portland State. And, I mean, there's so, you know, she's not all that mobile. If you can get her in mismatches on the perimeter – but that's the thing. I mean, the 2-3 zone that they play, they just funnel everything to Stotler in the middle, and it works because they have a 6-3 girl who's yeah. one of the, literally one of the best shot blockers in the country. I think she's second or third mm. in the country in blocks per game. So that's just Fair enough, yeah. what she allows them to do is pretty crazy. Uh, coach of the year for me, um, you know, I mean, like you said, you're mostly looking at, at the teams at the top of the conference. Uh Trisha Binford had the preseason favorite coming in at Montana State, and obviously they haven't done anything that would sort of, you know, they've arguably even exceeded expectations. I mean, I talked about how dominant they are. She's had big expectations coming in. She had a really talented team coming in, but she's taken that team and I, I think exceeded expectations even. So that's really uh, impressive, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, First-year coach Lori Payne at Northern Arizona, mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about sort of how they – we're not expected to be this and how so many of their players are playing above the expectations that they had um, at the beginning of the season. And to me, if you have one or two players on your team doing that, that that's the players. And if you have your entire starting lineup doing that, a lot of that has to fall on the coach. Uh, Seton Sobolewski has had a really good year at Idaho state. I mean, this is the, yeah. he, he lost his only senior and his leading scorer in the non-conference schedule in Estefi Orr's. He's starting two freshman guards. Um, you know, he has really no post depth at all, and they're right up there. I mean, six and five in the conference. Uh, but for me, the guy who I would vote for if I had a ballot right now is John Newley at mm-hmm. Idaho, which if you just think about the talent that they lost from last year, I mean, they lost two of the best players in the conference's history. Yeah. And they're right back there, seven and two right now. Uh right up there with Montana State and Northern Arizona is certainly a conference contender. I mean, they, Seton Sobolewski has been really impressed with what he's done. I know he's he's told me just the way that they're able to go on the road and win, mm. uh, which is really difficult to do in this conference. 
Um, you know, they, they win close games usually, but they're just so steady. And, I mean, he's doing it. Like I said, Gina Markson's a sophomore, and she's really experienced, but she's their point guard. Beyonce V is a freshman. Um, you know, the Clinker sisters are really good in the post, and I just think that when you take everything into account, coming off of losing Michaela Franz and Taylor Pierce to be 7-2 and two again the next year is yeah. really, really impressive. So I, I kind of teased and then did not follow up on this, but when I was talking about my Coach of the Year finalists, uh, I said there were three teams that I've watched that I think could win the conference. I already mentioned Southern Utah. I think Montana and Northern Colorado are in the same boat. I just watched them, and they just have it all. So four teams, right? No, that's three. But Northern Colorado, too, right? And Montana and Southern Utah. And not Eastern Washington. I'm getting to that. Right. Okay. Uh, Sorry. I'm Eastern Washington is in first place, and they probably can win the conference, but Idaho State beat them. So it's hard for me to argue that they are one of the best teams I've seen. Okay, sure. ISU, that's one of ISU's three conference wins. So anyway, uh, do you have any kind of front runners to win the conference right now? I guess you kind of mentioned that Montana State's far and away kind of the best team at this point. Yeah, and I think that, like I said, Idaho and Northern Arizona are sort of in a tier with them. Portland State was up in that tier for me, and they've sort of hit a rut lately. I mean, Portland State looked really good against Idaho State. Mm. Um, Just were able to sort of absorb every punch that the Bengals threw at them down the stretch and and win in Reed Gym. Um, But they've sort of fallen off recently, and I think they're sort of, I mean, if you look at the records now, they're six and five, like I said. Montana's six and five, and Idaho State six and five, and I would have, you know, probably those three teams in the next tier, behind Montana State, Idaho, and, and Northern Arizona. But yeah, I mean, Montana State's going to go into the conference tournament as a heavy favorite, barring yeah. you know injury or, or collapse down the stretch here. Okay. Anything else? We're at, we're approaching fifty minutes here. That's good. I you know I like talking big sky basketball. It was good. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you our listeners are as invested in this big sky season as we are. We we thank you as always for following along with us, uh, both in print and on our website and on Twitter and via podcast. We, we appreciate all all the interaction. Keep keep following us. Keep tweeting your your thoughts at us and uh let us know if we got anything completely wrong in your opinion for sure and uh we hopefully will see you at some more games here down the final stretch of the season all right thanks for listening have a good one